well in your beds. Because if this thing comes true, there ain't gonna be any more. It's an Somebody sent those things up here to cast. Yeah, there's no control outside, but there's maintenance overrides in here. I think I can get it to go down. I was wrong. We were so wrong. We must leave. Hello, welcome once again to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I am well. Excellent. And in the state of New York? Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm fine, Bill. How are you? Doing all right. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you? I'm good. Excellent. Excellent. I, I, I saw a couple of emails from you from uh, today at work. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The migration. The migration. Yeah. yeah. It shows that I do something once in a while. There you go. There you go. Um, and uh, we may have uh, Kevin Letts join in later tonight uh, to, because he may have some information to discuss on this topic tonight, but uh, we'll get into that. He's at dinner uh, with his uh, friends and wife and whatever. Um, so who are we? We are Dark Discussions Podcast. Basically, we talk about horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrills, techno thrills, mystery, grindhouse, outhouse, midnight movies, and the like. Uh, basically, we try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves Intelligence uh, today is August 31st, 2023, that we're recording this uh, Thursday night. So uh, we're about to enter September and close to uh, 61 days to Halloween. Uh, people, so, yes, you know, so people uh, begin hearing about uh, or hear this podcast probably next week. Um, so, uh, first week of September, you're, you're probably already listening to this. Uh, until then, uh, what do we have here? We have our website, www.drdiscussions.com. Uh, that's where you can find all the podcasts. And uh, so, uh, we have an email, darkdiscussions at aol.com, and just type in DDP in the subject. Uh, that would be the best. Uh, that, that that always works. DDP. Uh, just search for that through the spam, and boom, they all, it pops up. Uh, and we will read your email on the podcast. So uh, do DDP colon and your subject. And uh, we do have something else on the website. What's that, Eric? Uh, you can find a link to our Patreon account, which allows you to contribute financially to this podcast. Producing this show is not free. We have to pay for things like computer equipment and domain names and web hosting and movie rentals and so on and so forth. So if you would like to help offset the cost of producing this show, that's how you can do it. You can go to patreon.com slash dark discussions or click on the Patreon badge on any page of dark discussions.com. Any and all contributions are greatly appreciated. 
That's right. And uh, for every five dollars that you uh, donate, you get a chance to uh, have us review a film. So uh, that's always exciting. So uh, we, we pick every quarter for every five dollars. You get to add a, a new item and such. Uh, let's see what else. Um, I think if we have time for news and such uh, after, um, that would work. Um, and until then, though, we were going to discuss our film. And, of course, uh, Chrome is, is all screwed up on me right now. But there we go. I got Edge up, which is always working. Um, all right. So a uh, new thing that I wanted to start doing, but uh, it's not working now, so I'll have to do it later. Um, as we discuss our film, uh, basically give uh, each week we'll give our, our top listened episodes. Uh, uh, it's kind of an interesting thing to, to do. I just thought of it for no reason. Um, anyway, uh, let's get into our topic. Wait, 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 wait. What, what's this? Each week we're going to what? I'm just going to list off, uh, do a segment, you know, a one-minute segment where I'll list off our top listened episodes in the last three, you know, week or something like that. Oh, okay, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. I like it's it. Always, yeah, it's yeah. always a good thing. So uh, we don't have to do anything. No, no, we don't have just to do anything. Okay. Hey, Phil, you know what? It might make that a little more interesting. What's that? If you make the first 200 episodes of the podcast available to the public. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know. I, I got to re-add them. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying. That's BB, so I don't care about them. Yeah. <laughs> Before Barrett. Um, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Uh, Actually, I do have uh, the thing up now, and let's see what we got here. So if I go to uh, um, analytics, and then I go to episodes overview, and then uh, this is what we got here. Uh, so for the month of August, uh, what we have, incident – oh, no, that's actually um, in uh, – not – uh, there we go. There we go. Here we go. Brooklyn 45 has been the most downloaded in the past uh, 30 days with the, la wow. the last voyage of the Demeter, and then uh, Paul Schrader's Master Gardener, and then Incident in a Ghostland, and then The Innocents has had a resurgence, Eric. Nice. Yes, yes. Awesome. Uh, that was a July episode. Michael Clayton from the Halloween Boutique Secretary, I mean, the Cinema a la carte, I'm sorry. Uh, Black Mirror Season 6, Deep, Deep Rising, Inside, and another resurgence, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Nice. And that's from February of 2022. Imagine that. So there we go. There's our top one, two, three, four, five, six, top ten. That four, was um, that was a Patreon pick from Holly, wasn't it? That's exactly right. Yeah. So yeah. Listen, yeah so folks, uh, donate to Patreon, and just like Holly, you'll get an episode. So, yeah. Excellent. Yep. All right. So uh, now we can get into our topic tonight. So, uh, Eric, what are we going to discuss tonight? Tonight we're going to be talking about a movie that you can currently get for digital rental um, or on disc called The Furious. Hello? Execution scheduled for 11 p.m. But he's trying to convince us he's gone insane. 
and therefore incapable of being executed. I need you to prove he's faking it. Edward? I'm gonna ask you some questions. I'm not Edward. I'm a demon. Demons aren't really a thing. What happened to Edward? We own him. We? He's a master manipulator. You have your head so twisted around you think you're the killer. Not him. And give me something to make him believe you. Prove to me you're a demon. Probably just a coincidence. I want to talk to the real Edward. Makes me do that. I can't stop him. I need you to see something. You got a fan. Did the same thing with all his victims. Help me. I'm trying to, Edward, but you have to answer my questions. You have to tell me the truth. It won't let me. It can go away. It can go away. Yes? No. It's starting to happen. Exactly what it is that we'd like you to do. Uh, that's right. Uh, you can get it on disc for sure because I know uh, Kevin Letzi actually bought a, the Blu-ray for it. Uh, the film uh, was released uh, to theaters actually uh, April fourteenth, twenty twenty-three. Oh, no kidding! I totally yeah. missed it. Yeah, yeah, me yeah. Too. yeah. I was going to see it, but uh, I didn't didn't uh, bother like I. Don't go into theater as much except for the kids and for episodes, and we weren't doing it as an episode. Um, but uh, let's see, what else? Uh, it's directed by Chuck Kunzelman and Carrie Solomon, and they both uh, wrote the film as well. So, director, uh, writer, not familiar with them. Uh, it's based off a book, A Nefarious Plot, by Steve Deese, uh, which I know Kevin Lutz actually read the book. Uh, the film stars Sean Patrick Flannery, Jordan Belfi. Tom Omer and Glenn Beck, and the film uh, had a box office of $5.4 million uh, in limited release, but uh, it did appear um, in my area. Um, let's see, the film has uh, Rod and Tomatoes, 17, comedics, 17 critics, 35%, while the average review for audiences uh, is 97%. Uh, so this is another film that uh, is uh, uh, flip-flop. I have something to say about that later. Sure, sure. That's a th over 1,000 uh, review that. Me too. Uh, and um, that's pretty much all I got. Not that it matters, whatever the critics, you know, who cares, it's up to you. And the film was actually filmed uh, in, on location in Oklahoma. So uh, that's where it takes place, and that's where it was filmed. All right, so I guess we can get into uh, how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. So uh, let's start with you, Eric. Um, I heard about this movie, oddly enough, um, through Dan, 
<laughs> which is which is usually the last place I get movie information from because he he the only time he ever watches movies is when he's over at my place. Um, so a friend of his had recommended this to him. Um, so it was kind of on my radar. And then uh, during the Mystic get together, um, uh, Kevin Lentz mentioned it to me. Um, so I was intrigued enough to uh, to pull it up when Dan was over. Um, and we both enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Um, there's a lot to talk about. I'm kind of, um, kind of little hesitant to really get into anything until post spoilers. Um, there's, there's some stuff to talk about, um, including the Rotten Tomatoes score. Uh, so I'll, I'll touch on that later, but, uh, yeah, I liked this movie quite a bit. All right. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, I actually heard about this film through uh, a number of podcasts uh, that I listened to, at least four, and uh, one of them uh, I uh, will say, because uh, one of the, the stars who plays himself, Glenn Beck, uh, one of the podcasts I listened to happens to be on his network, uh, Jason Whitlock, the sports writer. Uh, he has a podcast on that network, and uh, so I always listen to him, and he was one of the recommends. The other three are non-affiliated with uh, a Blaze TV network, uh, just just random podcast that said that they thought the film was pretty good. Um, so um, I uh, looked at it as, as a possible episode back then, um, but again, it was a limited release, so I didn't bother bringing it up and was going to wait until it comes to uh, VOD and if it was any good, uh, recommended it, though I, I went in blind, but uh, Eric and, uh, uh, had already seen it and he said it was pretty good. Um, so uh, I watched it uh, this morning before work, uh, so like six in the morning, and um, yeah, my thoughts in the film is that it's it's really good. Um, this may be my top horror film of the year. If not, it's going to be in the top five for sure. Um, it was the what I, I was when Eric mentioned that it was two people in a room. I was a little bit concerned, but uh, no, no no need to be concerned at all. It's 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 really gripping. It's similar to Artifice girl where, where it's just a couple of people in a room and it's just a really gripping film um, so I would I would high rate recommend this film uh, and it really chilled me uh, and it made me uncomfortable and it made me sad and also disappointed in certain characters as well as um, shocked so uh, yeah high recommend by me a uh, really great film uh, let's go with you Bert yeah, this has been a weird year. We have some really, really bad movies this year, and then we get gems like this. Um, I really like this film. Um, it was surprising to see Glenn Beck in the movie. Um, it was kind of weird, and I, I recognized him right away. Um, and the acting was great. Um, I mean, cin- cin- ah, cinematography was fine, but it is pretty much a, you know two people in a room for most of it. So that's pretty hard to mess up. Um, but generally, it's it's a great movie. It'll definitely be in my top five, if not number one. All right, sounds good. And let's go with you, uh, Mike. Yeah, Barrett thought he saw oh, the trailer for Last of Voyage of the Demeter a lot in theaters. I think I saw this one even more um, in the movies I was going to see. Um, so it was on my radar, and... 
you know, when you, when you couple in a, it's a possession movie, or at least that's how it's billed, um, and it has that fairly generic horror title of Nefarious, I was like, ooh, this could kind of go either way. Um, and then when it came out, it got some horrible reviews, and yes, I'm sure we're going to, uh, and I didn't bother reading any of them, I just saw that the, that the Rotten Tomato score was pretty bad. And it didn't shock me, given when it was released. Um, but then Eric said he saw it. Uh, right? You were the one that, that instigated this, Eric? Yes. Uh, and said he liked it. And I said, oh, okay, that's interesting. So I watched it. I enjoyed it. And I didn't really understand why it was getting negative reviews. And then there was a warning flag that went up. And then there was another warning flag. And then... You got to the end, and I was like, okay, I think I might understand why some people didn't like this movie. And then I got to the end, and I go, okay, I definitely understand why some people didn't like this movie. <laughs> um, and and I honestly, I don't know that it had anything to do with quality. I don't think the final scene of the film needed to be there. Uh, and if you do not understand watching this film why people don't like it, uh, let's just say that I, you, you're fortunate and blessed. Uh, because you are not living in a particular box, and uh, that's probably a good thing. Uh, yeah, I, I don't get it. I'm one of those people. I don't understand why. Yeah. So I'm glad um, we're going to go over it. Yeah. So if you if you ignore the things, uh, what I would call the dog whistles, uh, which which by the way by the end got replaced. The dog whistles were replaced with a, a just a a foghorn. Um, <laughs> it's. Uh, if you ignore the dog whistles, meaning if you're not, if you don't hear them, you don't notice them, uh, then there, there really is. This is just a fairly straightforward, but well, I thought well done two-person uh, film uh, about a person trying to ferret out if a man on death row is sane or not, possessed by a demon or not, and um, and that works. And then for the rest of it, uh, if you're going to let that color your enjoyment of the film one way or another, uh, there's really nothing I can I think I can say to you that uh, is going to change your mind. All right, sounds good. Uh, so, uh, wikis, Eric, wikis. Wiki, wiki. On the day of his scheduled execution, a convicted serial killer gets a psychiatric evaluation during which he claims he is a demon. All right, it actually goes pretty... further than that, but I'm stopping there because I feel the rest is doesn't need Spoiler. to be. Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> right, right. Well, I'll tell you one thing uh, before we explain what we do here on the podcast. Um, I went in completely blind, so I didn't even know it was a, a possession film until uh, the movie was, you know, began. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like, I like going in blind with nothing. So anyway, um, what we do here on the Dark Discussions Podcast, well, for all our new listeners or old, um, oh, and by the way, the date stamp was for Pam, because sometimes we don't release these episodes immediately, uh, but we, we did, we will have this one next week. Um, so basically, uh, what we do here on Dark Discussions is that we review the films, as, as we, we just did, but we also do other things, too. Uh, we dissect and critique, uh, so we go into... Uh, Specific scenes, spoilers, twists, uh, all that stuff. As we try to talk about what the writers, directors, producers were trying to uh, present to us uh, in more than just 
uh, as a two hour and a half of entertainment. Uh, but before we do that, we will throw up a spoiler. But before we do that, we talk about general things. So we can talk about possession films, or we can talk about, uh, I guess, uh, some folks here want to talk about Rotten Tomatoes um, and other things. And we'll talk about those things first before we do throw up the spoiler. Uh, but uh, as Eric mentioned, there's a lot of good stuff that he doesn't want to talk about until the spoiler section. So uh, we will warn you before we do begin talking about spoilers. All right, so uh, I guess we can talk about the general stuff. So uh, what do people want to talk about this general? Uh, I know some people mentioned something about the, the rating, the bubble. Uh, Mike, you mentioned boxes, and then there's a... Um, yeah, uh, let's well, let's yeah. start with the Rotten Tomatoes then. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and I'm going to be a little careful here because I, I yeah. still don't want to get into specifics. But I, I will say, by the way, uh, I watched this on Voodoo, and if you look at the cast on Voodoo, there is a particular member of the cast that is not included in their list, and I think that there's a reason for that. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. It, it may be the, the, the going back, I assume? Yes, yes, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, playing himself, okay. Yeah, yeah. For folks who don't know who Glenn Beck is, uh, he used to be a uh, uh, had a TV show for years on CNN, and then uh, after he left CNN, uh, he's formed his own television, quote unquote, television station called Blaze he TV. On, he was on he was on Fox News, not CNN. No, no, no. no I swore he had a, I swore he had a uh, a CNN show uh, or CNN. Oh, too. maybe he did. I remember he yeah. kind of broke broke kind of big on Fox I, News he, about yeah. Years. Had a CNN show first. Him being on it didn't really bother me. I mean, it, I don't necessarily agree with him on political topics, but he did a yeah, fine job in what he was doing. Yeah, 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 I think so. <laughs> um, yeah, well, well, it, well, I want to clarify that, Mike. That's a good question, because now you're, now you're having me wonder. Uh, yeah, okay, no, so he was yes, in Headline yeah, News, yeah. then he yeah, went he was to there. Fox News in 2008, was there for about three years, and then he went to do The Blaze. Yeah, yeah, so he had, to, I remember his show on CNN for years, uh, for two years, anyway. Um, but, yeah, now he has Blades TV, which is basically a podcasting television network, so you get, you know, shows on, like, uh, streaming from his website, the website, I guess. And he has a big group of folks uh, that that uh, do shows over there, uh, including one that uh, I don't watch, but I, I listen to on um Podcast as a podcast later the the Jason Whitlock show which is the sports writer that used to work for ESPN now works for uh, going back um, so uh, we uh, so so that's that's one th- note so that's probably the reason he's not um, listed on Voodoo Mike is because um, he is a I guess a conservative commentator no. um, well he's he he was okay. asked off Fox News because he was going a little too far in some of his his rhetoric and his, his conspiracy theories and um and that's where he and he was basically booted off their five o'clock show and because uh, he became uh, a little bit too much for for them and for their their advertisers i believe and that's why he went off and started his own thing which has i think made him a small fortune yeah probably yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Well, that didn't hurt him when i was going to make about the rotten tomatoes reviews um <laughs> Because if you if you peruse them, which I usually don't, but I was so curious as to why it had such a bad score um, that I actually went over a few of them today. First of all, there's only 17, which is 
kind of a small sample size. It doesn't really give you a really accurate Strange for, for a film that, that was released in theaters, too. Yeah, I, yeah. I, think, I think that's part of the reason. As some, some people just won't review films that they consider uh, right-wing or conservative, I guess. Well, and that's the thing. Is that most of the negative reviews on this movie um, specifically mention that it's a right-wing propaganda piece, a Christian propaganda piece. Um, and here's, here's the thing about that. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about every, that. every movie has a point of view, right? Everybody who writes every a movie, movie has, has a point, a point of, view. of view. And I think, I mean, I, I think it's just as silly to criticize a movie for being woke, uh, as it is to criticize it for being right wing propaganda because yeah. somebody's going to write the thing and they're going to have a point of view. And it's going to come through in the movie. So I, I, I think criticizing that is a little silly. And honestly, if you're a professional critic, I don't know, a little unprofessional to me. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you're just doing what you're saying the movie is doing. It, right. You're, you're, you're basing something's value on your personal beliefs rather than the quality of the product. Nope. Um, so I think it's a, it's a little... Um, skewed and I'm happy that the audience score is so high uh, because, because yeah I'm sure the people that are involved with that have that point of view but it's really appropriate for this movie um, and I think it would have been kind of weird <laughs> to do this movie without that being in there so um, I, I don't understand the criticism uh, from that personally so yeah, um, I would concur because uh, one of the reviews I'm just reading, I'll just read one line. It becomes preachy propaganda for right-wing beliefs. But, you know, for every film like this, or at least what this woman is claiming this film is, uh, you could say uh, it becomes preachy propaganda for left-wing beliefs for almost every other film. So, I, I, again, I'm with you, Barrett, and, and which is – you know, you just take the – and you too, my, Eric, which is just take the film and is it a good film or not and does it really do uh, a great job and as a horror film, it's a great, great film. Well, and the views that are espoused are by the, the, the criminal and it's exactly what you think the person would say to mess with the other person. So well, – Go ahead. Yeah, and I, and I agree with you. I think if you are not aware of the origins of this and if you are not – politically attuned to these little dog whistles that are in there. You, will, you I think it could very easily be missed, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think, um, yeah, Eric is right that if a, a good film should have a point of view, and sometimes that point of view may upset you, you may disagree with it, but it should. You, it's it's still a point of view that sometimes should be should be heard, or at least is conveyed in a way that is hopefully entertaining. Now, there are films that I can point to that I think do it horribly. Now, this is a Christian film. And I'll say this before uh, Kevin gets here. Um, <laughs> we've all seen, I think, these ads for the Jesus movie. You know, the, oh, something horrible happened, and then they all prayed and everything was better. You know, those, those kind of Christian films. And they tend to be badly done. And boring because they basically tell people who are who, who are Christian, who lean Christian, 
that, you know, Jesus will solve all your problems, and that's all they do is sit around and pray, and Jesus solves everything, and, and isn't all, everything all well and good, and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just, there's no dramatic tension. I'll, I'll go the other way. I've seen, I've seen uh, you say woke, like the, uh, the, uh, the Velma cartoon that came out earlier <laughs> this year was fucking horrible. Um, and it had wokeness, like, graffitied all over it in a in very bad, emphasized way that if you didn't know better, you would think it was intended as a parody um, of people remaking things as woke. I'll go back to the remake of The Manchurian Candidate, back when, um, when election conspiracy theories were cool, <laughs> right? And that was all about... Uh, and that was all inspired by the Diebold voting machines gave the election to George Bush. Those kind of things are just, to me, eye gouging. I hate those things. They are people with right that start with an agenda, write with an agenda, and you can't miss the agenda. I didn't even like Philadelphia. I thought had because the agenda, you know, which was uh, you know back in the the height, I guess, of the AIDS uh, crisis. Um, because it felt far more of a polemic um, and a, a, an infomercial than it Never was watched it. A, a decent drama. Uh, and I know a lot of people would, would disagree with me on that. This is a horror movie. It's a horror movie about someone who may or may not be possessed. And it takes a perspective, therefore, as almost anything that's possessed, that this is a, that there is a heaven and there is a hell. Or at least a character purports that there's a heaven or a hell. This will leave into whether or not the person is in fact um, possessed. And it's not a position of it's a you know new agey generic brand god that's out there. It's it's a very old school concept of religion. Now, I think that's kind of cool, not because I'm a fundamentalist Christian. But because that's where you're starting to get into some of the deep shit and stuff that can be scary. And I don't mean scary as in, oh, my God, the religious conservatives are going to take over the government. No, just, you know, you that's like the old school fire and brimstone stuff, right? That um, maybe it's because I do have a Catholic upbringing and it has a, a different resonance with me. And maybe if you don't, that's fine. But some people I just know and I know of some of these people. I'm, I'm aware of these people. And you may be one of these people. That's fine. I don't care. They just recoil at anything that's religious. Um, and when this starts touching on certain things, I can name a couple of issues in this that come up when we get maybe into the spoilers that have a political rail, um, you know, that, that, that's a political message. Not, mm -hmm. I want to point out, all necessarily right-wing. Um, because while there is a lot of overlap between religious conservatives and general conservatives, it is not entirely the same. And I'll point out one specific issue when we get into the film itself. Um, that I don't think is going to fly. There, again, there's a lot of overlap, but it's not complete. Um, but again, I think, Barrett, you pointed out, it's from one particular character's point of view. Uh, like I said, when you want, no, and then when you bring Glenn Beck in at the end, and by the way, I have not seen Glenn Beck um, in probably a decade or more. So I didn't recognize him at first. It took me a minute of squinting to figure out, because I know he mentions the name Glenn, but I missed that it, he's, I missed the name. I just, the audio I didn't quite pick up. I'm like, is that? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's him. That's, that's him. 
And if you don't know who Glenn Beck is, then you, you're probably blessed. It's fine because you're not going down certain rabbit holes that probably are best not gone down. Um, but I think that was where I think they made the mistake is because that's where they kind of put the signature on it. This was a Christian-made film. Most Christian-made films are not the greatest-made films ever, Mike, uh, I would, as I, I said. But they don't but – that, that, but, and it's I, from I, a, a studio that, that often does that kind of thing. But I don't think – if you didn't I, know that, I, I, wouldn't, I would not have picked up on it. But it's putting Glenn Beck at the end that, that kind of put the signature on it. Well, I'll say this. Uh, whether they use – obviously, they, they use Glenn Beck. They asked him. He said yes. They could have just made a fake conservative – yeah, a uh, commentator. Because again, the type of show this guy, this character would go on would probably only be those type of shows. Uh, and I agree. I, yeah. I don't think most people out of would, place would there. Right, right. So they they used a, re, a real commentator uh, in in this case. Now, now I'm I'm not offended by by Glenn Beck, so it doesn't bother me that he was there. Um, but um, I guess some folks. Who would see him at the end would say, "Okay, yep, yep, this I was right. This is a conservative well, film or whatever." But again, I, I, it's, I, I mean, I see, you know, Tom, Bro- not Tom Broker. He's, I think he's dead. <laughs> I don't know. But I, you know, you see people all the time in movies that you know. I see uh, Anderson Cooper in films all the and, time. Right, that's what I was trying to think of Anderson. Cooper. Yeah. you're right. And and, and yeah. in that regard, it works like that. I'm just saying is like I because I'm I am unfortunately one of those people who tends to be attuned to these kind of things. Uh, I was like, was this intended to have? Was this a political thing that was turning people off because it talked about this issue and it talked about this issue and those can be politically hot button issues. And I wasn't sure about that, but then when I saw Glenn Beck on, I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's definitely See, it. And that's funny because I really don't like Glenn Beck, and I, I don't agree with him on most issues. But I thought him playing himself in this was perfect, and I yeah, had no was, idea this was a Christian film until right. we started talking about it right now. And I well, still and don't care because it's still, I, I still I didn't even fits know it was the movie. Film, to be well, yeah, and it's, yeah it's com- I was about to say it was completely appropriate. Yeah. And I think – I don't know. I think it's a little close-minded to dislike a movie just because somebody you don't like is in it. Exactly. Um, for instance, I don't agree with pretty much any of Tom Cruise's personal beliefs. <laughs> you mean you don't think aliens are going to come? But, but am, I, am I going to watch the next Mission Impossible movie? Yes, I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, no, I, think, I'm, I'm, I think people are a little oversensitive. Well, like I, I'll take another one. Way, I'm the same way with Sean Penn. I, I can't stand his political beliefs, or Jane Fonda for that matter. But Jane Fonda was my favorite actress as a kid, uh, into my teenage and, and 20s, until you know she basically retired. And then uh, Sean Penn, I'll watch anything he directs or he, he stars in. And um, But I just don't like their political beliefs, but that doesn't mean I... I hate the people. I just don't like their political ways, but I right. like their films. I like their acting. I like who they are, you know. But anyway, go on, Mike. So, um, what's the movie that, that the, the child slavery, child abduction movie? Sound of, Star- Sound of Silence. Sound, 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 Sound of Freedom, Freedom, I thought. 
Sound of Freedom. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Okay. So I've seen people that I know online who are, I'm friends with on Facebook, and that's how I know this, and I know what their, 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 their politics are, have hated this movie because it was a movie that, that in some way was funded and distributed by one of these Christian film groups, and because you do have a certain – It was a good film. Uh, it was a great film, actually. Well, I'm just saying you have like a QAnon group out there. You know that were like the pizza place with the you dial. You know, I want a large pepperoni means that you'll want a small Asian boy delivered to your home or something. Right, but I don't, I don't know how that movie has anything to do with some some. It's a, because, that was ten years. The main before. actor espouses some of those things because the main actor espouses oh, okay. some of those things because the, yeah, he does. Act, because okay. the guy that it's um, that it's about apparently is QAnon friendly. Uh, the, I saw the director kind of come out and say, yeah, I, I don't want anything to do with it. But to the point where they were then poo-pooing just this whole – the idea that there's child uh, sex slavery. And that, that, that's, not, that's not right. You know, it is, it is there. And the, just because you make a movie about a thing doesn't mean you're embracing – the far-out, crazy, conspiratorial aspects of it. Well, well, and and I well, haven't yeah, seen the movie, I don't, and I thought that was a oh, horribly a unfair attack on that film because it specifically came from where it was distributed. And, you know, I don't think, like, we say, I mean, Megan is Missing came out a decade ago. And, you know, we've, we've talked about this one in the past. And, you know, this is not an issue that was suddenly created by QAnon, but because there were a couple of people in the film, involved in making the film, that have endorsed QAnon stuff, they not only poo-pooed on the film, but they also poo-pooed on the, the, the very legitimate cause that they're trying to raise awareness of. Right. Well, and, and you know, so, uh, I, again, I, I've, I've heard the, the stuff about the that film, the sound, uh, sound of Freedom film. Um, but, the you know, you look at it, here's two films that were this year that I guess happened to be uh, leaned to a different – Away than than what I guess the majority of Hollywood leans to, so immediately it gets and and, and the the news media for that matter, it, they get ripped to shreds for for some reason, and yet their films, meaning the Hollywood films, just come piling out and they all get reviewed with no problem. So I, I it just I'm not sure that it's a Hollywood thing as opposed to there's so many disparate groups out there now that attack anything that is seen to be in their watch list that yeah, anything sure. can get hit and hurt by it. And, That's a great and point. Again, and yeah. again, I mean, the main actor being associated with QAnon ideas and being in the film hurts it. Whether or not we like that doesn't matter. It does hurt it from some people's perspectives. I don't know that I necessarily agree with it. I like him as an actor. I don't necessarily so, agree so, uh, personally, well, but... And that's that was a great point that uh, you guys made earlier, which is should we hate every Tom Cruise film because of that, right. or, or Sean Penn for that matter, or Jane Fonda? Or, and no, of course not. It's too, it's just, it's just ridiculous. These are people who are assholes, and they should all jump in a lake. But anyway, continue. <laughs> oh, Zach, I, was sorry. 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 I, I think we've gone as far as this as we should. Um, yes, I agree. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I think my my recommendation is to. Put the politics out of your head. Ignore it as best as you can. And if you can't, I'm sorry. And if you just take it for what it is, and which is a religious horror film, I, I think you'll enjoy it. That's my yeah. suggestion. Yep. Yeah. It's a possession yeah. film, just yeah. like The Pope's Exorcist. 
Yeah, or, or the Conjuring is the Conjuring yeah. a Power Ranking film? I mean, I mean, it's yeah. just people people suck as Eric. And you know, it's probably one of the best acting jobs I've seen Sean Patrick Flaherty do ever. And I love him. I loved him in uh, Boondock Saints and all sorts of other stuff. I I had a couple issues with it. Oh, you did? I thought he was. Yeah, pretty- I, I, of, overall, I agree. Though there was a nice little performance, but I don't know if this was. Uh, a choice he made or if it was given to him by the director. Um, but I find the whole face twitchy thing to be a little distracting. It was. Uh, now I agree with that. Yeah. And I feel like that was, I, I don't know. I'd like to know if that was him or the director. I, 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 I get it though, you know, because he is a guy. I, mean, I get it too. And, and when you're dealing with uh, quote unquote multiple personalities or a demon or whatever, you, whatever it happens to be, um, or, or, or you, you have to person. differentiate. Somehow, and, and I get it, but I mental illness too. Right? It's true, like uh, and, and sometimes demon. sometimes you have uncontrollable facial tics. Like I I work with a guy that that has facial tics, and there's nothing he can do about it. Um, however, um, I, that, that was I found it a little distracting at points, and I also thought that when he switched to the actual um, serial killer uh, or or human personality, if you will. Um, that he was a little over the top, but well, in general, I thought it was a hell of a performance. Well, he, also he was basically to... carrying the film. Hello? So, all right, Kevin Letts is here. He is. Hello. Hey. Hi. Did, didn't mean to interrupt, but it's just. Um, I mean, if if you think about it, he's a guy on death row. He's We're not past the spoiler flag yet, out. Kevin. Just FYI. Oh crap! Well, it's. I mean, it's well, it's no, in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the fact that, that he that, says he's a demon is a known fact, but we haven't gotten into details yet. All right, well, okay, either, but I mean, also, the, the, the detail is that he's on death row, too. Right. That, that, that has been right stated up. in the wiki. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you were on death row and all that, you know, you'd probably be freaking out a little bit, too. Correct. Well, and then here's the thing is that you, I I don't know, like, uh, who knows? If, <laughs> you know what? Let's continue this conversation past the spoiler flag. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. So, um, um, and by the way, I just, I just want to go on record once again, and I've said it before on the podcast, and I will reiterate that uh, the very best acting is, of course, overacting. And so I enjoyed his performance in this film. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I, I have to go with Barrett. I, I think the acting was fabulous. I mean, I mean, well, Jordan Belfi as uh, as the psychiatrist was fantastic. Yes, and then he was good too. Apparently, I wasn't criticizing his performance on the whole. There, those are just a couple little things about it that that irked me. But but overall, he was uh, he was delivering some good stuff, and he had some some great line deliveries that I'll get into later. All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah, the. the the Jordan Belfi guy, whatever his name is, uh, first time I ever seen him ever. I never, I never seen him. Really? Before. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah but uh, before either. Yeah. So, uh, anything else anybody want to bring up that's non-spoilery uh, that you want to just talk about before we uh, get into uh, the spoiler section? Anyone? Well, I enjoyed this movie very much. I actually bought it on Blu-ray. I was telling my friends, "Oh, you got to see this! You got to see this!" My, I showed it to my wife. She was, she said it was creepy. And I, I will call, I'll, call, I'll call that a success. 
I might end up buying this on disc myself because I saw there's a there's a commentary on it. I would be interested to listen to that. There are at least two. Oh, there's really? one cool. commentary. Yeah, there's there's one, I, and I didn't see it with the commentary yet. Actually, friends of mine from church are borrowing it right now. But um, there's there's one commentary with the two actors, and then there's another commentary. And I think it's with the director and producer, and I don't know if the author is in there or not. I don't remember. And there's also a. Um, I wouldn't call it a commentary, but there's an interview with an, uh, a priest who does exorcisms for, that's like part of his job. And hmm. so he's talking about this movie as well. And I think they, I mean, they did actually have a priest on staff to do exorcisms while making this movie. Or clearing, if you will, clearing out the spirits in the room, if you will. And, and you know, that's... that's were some really funny things. And, and that's a fair point because, you know, a lot of people, when they buy a new home or even a new car for that matter, they, they get it blessed by a, a clergyman. So so I, I'm, I'm not too worried about that. Really? Because, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, don't you remember um, even even in, they did in the movie The Amityville Horror, as a matter of fact, that the priest over there, he was going to bust the house and all that. Yeah. yeah and I figured that was just... No, no, the people actually movie. do that. But yeah, my... my, my uh, yeah. It's yeah, a, my, my, my aunts, great uncles... Yeah, yeah. All my great aunts and uncles, both on the French and Portuguese side, they they all would do it all the time whenever they moved. If they did, you know, when they moved uh, out of their when they retired and they got a condo, and yeah, it's, so it, it happens. I mean, it may be old school. Or uh, if you hang out with the heathen crowd, they do it with sage. There yes. you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean to me, this is that reeks, reeks more of um, William Castle. Uh, showmanship, sure. I think, in a way, uh, or or maybe it just tells you something about the background of the filmmakers, and, and that that's another possibility. Uh, so I kind of I also I don't take that particular thing seriously. Uh, you know the the I mean, but then at the same time, there's this whole series on Shutter about first films. So hey, why not? Yep. All right. So uh, anything else anybody wanted to bring up that is non-spoilery. Um, I, I have to say, I bought it on Apple um, because I wasn't sure if I was going to finish it before work, and, and then I may have to redo part of it at lunch, but mm-hmm. I was able to. Um, I bought and, it on Prime. And it doesn't have any of the, the, the commentaries. I don't think there's any Right. Commentary. I did the same thing, and I might bet on disc anyway because I, I like to support good movies. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There you go. Yep. Um, anything else anybody want to bring up that's non spoiler? Okay. All right, so uh, I guess we can get into our, the spoilers section. So uh, what we do here is uh, we throw up the spoilers. So if you haven't seen the film, um, oh, uh, yes, Kevin, when, when you're not on uh, uh, talking, could you put it, go on mute because we, we can hear the drive in the background. So just a heads up. Um, but uh, whatever you want to speak, just, just you know, uh, unmute. So anyway, uh, what we're going to do here is we're going to throw up the spoiler now. So if you haven't seen the film, as uh, Eric mentioned, uh, you can you can get it on VOD pretty much anywhere. Or you can even buy it on disc, as both Eric and uh, 
Uh, Eric said it earlier in the podcast, and then Kevin mentioned it uh, as well. And uh, at that point, you can come back and listen. But if not, uh, that's okay, because some of our listeners, like Kevin, who actually is joining us today, uh, always listen to our podcast, even if they haven't uh, seen the film and aren't too worried about spoilers. So it's up to you. But you have been warned, so the spoiler alert is up. And uh, we will talk about everything and anything uh, now uh, about the film. So just a uh, a little setup. Uh, so yeah, so basically, there's a psychiatrist who um, dies in an elevator accident, uh, or what they think maybe a suicide. No one's really sure. And a thought he fell off the building or something. Yeah, yeah he jumped off the roof. Fell. That wasn't an elevator accident. Yeah, no elevator. Oh, okay. So he suicide. Elevators don't go outside the window. <laughs> he was outside the window falling. All right. See, I was confused then. I, I, okay. Well, so it was a little weird because they showed the reflection in the window, right? Right. And that's where yeah. the focus was. But then he went falling by outside, so it was a little weird. Yeah, yeah. So, so he he, he suicides, and uh, they have to get an alternate uh, psychiatrist to come in to do uh, the regular medical uh, exam of a uh, death row inmate who is going to be executed to determine whether or not the person uh, is sane. Uh, and when I say we say sane, it means uh, that they're competent. They know what they did wrong, even if they are cluster B. The point is, is that they know what they did was wrong, and if so, um, the, the, the sentence will be carried out. Um, and so this this guy uh, is, is his replacement, uh, and that's pretty much the setup um, to the film. So uh, from there, uh, we'll just throw it up in the air for anybody to talk about anything. And uh, again, we don't have to go in order. We can, you know, pick specific scenes and things of that nature. Um, but uh, where do we want to go? Who wants to go first? Anyone? Well, I mean, oh, one of the first one of the first things we learn when when he gets there is that uh, this new the new psychiatrist was uh, was an acquaintance of the one that died, um, and the one that died was ready to rule. Um, that this inmate was insane and not competent to be executed. Um, and uh, once he makes his claim that he's a demon, he says that he caused the other psychiatrist to commit suicide. He took him over and made him do it. Um, which, uh, at which point, uh, the first impression of the new psychiatrist is that, okay, this guy's clearly nuts because he says he's a demon. Right. Well, but he's he is looking it over, thinking it over whether or not this guy, because uh, as we see earlier, he meets up with the the warden, and the warden says, "How about you just you know sign the piece of paper and and be done with it, and you know you don't even bother to interview him." And he goes, "No, no, we we I, I want to do my job, you know, whatever." So he goes in, and the the warden says, "This guy lies all the time, and we'll try to get into your head." So. Even though he may think the guy's insane because he's saying he's a demon and that I made the other psychiatrist suicide, he's also thinking, as the warden said, which is this guy could be just lying his ass off to make himself look like he's insane so he doesn't have to be executed. Mm -hmm. and it was it was just an unfortunate thing that the, the prior psychiatrist suicided before he could give his final decision, uh, which would have taken – uh, this this um, death row inmate off of death row, right? Yeah. 
Um, all right, so anything else? Where, where do we want to go? I mean, off of, not off of, off of death row and into a psych, uh, psychiatric hospital, you know, where he'll be treated, you know, and so he'll probably live a little better than he would be if he was on death row. And yep. one other kind of note, one note that I noticed is that, I mean, when I first saw this in the movie, uh, there, he was listening to a, a guy on the radio saying, why is this guy still sucking air and all that? And I, and I was like, that's Glenn Beck, you know, a very uh, well-known conservative radio talk show host. So I'm like, wow, they got him in this? Turns out the author works for him. Oh, there you go. I did not know that. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah I, I immediately knew the voice, too, uh, because they had uh, – the voice over radio host earlier in the the film before we actually see uh, going back at the end of the film. And uh, yeah, I, I knew the voice as well. Um, so yeah, I did not know they, they worked for him. Um, now, Mike, what were you saying? Uh, I was just curious while watching the film, uh, did you, did anyone here have any like questions as to whether or not he was possessed or whether he was just, crazy or faking it well since this is a horror film and i mean again it could have been a thriller too right just a straight thriller with some horror elements but i had heard that it was a horror film even though i went in blind and didn't know it had anything to do with possession so i assumed that he and and since i don't think he was going to escape um i assumed it was it was going to be possession films, so I I felt he was going to be possessed. Same. Well, I I, I knew about the the book. I didn't um, I didn't go through the book until after I saw the movie, but um, but I knew about the, the the movie, and it was based off of a book that is kind of like a demonic manifest manifesto, and so I knew that this was not. You know, is he crazy? Is he not? It was to me. It was, yeah. He's he's demonically possessed, and it was never a question in my mind of whether or not it was anything else. Well, and as far as the movie goes, I think unless you are, <laughs> I think you have to be pretty determined to not believe he's a demon, to not believe he's a demon for very long. Yeah, I, I, I I'm agree. With Bill. I think the fact that it was a horror film led me to think that it's, he's almost certainly going to be demon. There was always a chance. What was the? Is it Primal Fear, the Ed Norton film where he has multiple personality disorder? Yeah, yeah, right. So that there was always a chance that they were going to pull a twist in there, like they did in that film. Um, but for the most part, I think, uh, yeah, I kind of went in. So I think it's fair to say that 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 it's he is actually possessed. Uh, we all kind of accept that he's possessed. Um, there is no ambigu- ambiguity at the end. This is not um, uh, the exorcism of Emily Rose, you know, where they're <laughs> trying to look at the legal issue. Was she possessed? Was she not possessed? Right. Um, that, that he is actually possessed. I think that's the thing. And what it does, it creates the, the, the odd conflict because you have the, uh, the inmate, uh, Mr. Nefarious, trying to convince – he wants to be ruled as sane so that way he can be executed. Uh, where, um, you know, and, and where normally you would expect if someone's going to be faking it, they're faking crazy so that they'll be saved. So right. that, that puts an interesting 
dynamic into this um, into this meeting. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't really call it like a double bluff. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sane, but I'm going to make it look like I'm crazy so you can write me off as crazy. I mean, that's any person that will try that is like any any murderer that's you know not demon possessed, but actually like either sane or whatever that would even try that is taking a huge, huge, huge risk, especially on the day he's going to be executed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, I mean, I, I don't know why someone would even try that unless if they think they're really that clever. I, I really don't know. But, um, yeah. Well, and, was, and one of the aspects I enjoyed about this movie is that psychiatrist is still, you know, on the, on the, side of yeah okay this guy's a this guy's a nut job um but then the the demon starts just like doling out little pieces of information that he knows about the psychiatrists <laughs> yeah like, as it builds it's, it's really know. interesting i and and i really enjoyed that aspect of the movie because every time the the doctor's about to walk away he's like ah but what about this <laughs> and the doctor's like how the hell do you know that and he's, I like his response. Maybe I'm just a lucky guesser. Um, actually, I, actually, one thing that was curious and interesting, too, is that the thing that ultimately pulls him down, meaning has the man get executed, is, is not even, even um, that. It, it's, it's, he pisses off the psychiatrist to the point where the psychiatrist just says, yeah, the hell with him. Let's execute him. So right. it's vengeance. Yeah, it's vengeance. So, so that's the real reason why he gets executed, and his show is not considered insane, is because of the vengeance, exactly. And and so it works out that way, which I thought was a really interesting twist. Well, I actually think um, that was another dynamic. Early on, is when he first meets him, he says, you will have murdered three times by the time you leave here today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had no, no that doubt. That was the thing that was in the wiki that I decided not to say out loud. And that was the... Um, uh, well, I didn't know what the first two were going to be. I was pretty sure I knew what the third murder was going to be. I didn't know how the third murder was going to happen, but I knew how knew what the third murder was going to be. Um, and, 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 it, and it ends up being, being that, exactly. Um... See that's the one. Yeah, that's, that one really threw me off. I, I actually texted Kevin and said, "Holy shit, it's it's him!" Is the is the, is the third murder? But anyway, continue. Oh, yeah, I, 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 like like Mike, like Mike. I I knew this. I I came to the same conclusion at the beginning. So it was the the first two murders I was kind of curious about. So continue, Mike. Yeah, and um, since we're in spoiler territory, right? So I also mentioned earlier, not not to go down this road again. But um, that there were small dog whistles and so political issues. The first murder is he euthanized his mother, um, who I assume was suffering from dementia or uh, it was a stroke victim or something. They, they didn't specify. Yeah, they don't get into the detail. Uh, and that is a contentious political issue. Um, and it is an issue that is strong with, uh, again, those on the, the religious right. So that was like the first little thing that made me go, huh. 
okay. And then the second one, which is where he really gets into that whole, you know, there's no way you found this information out on the Internet, which is that his girlfriend was going to get an abortion, um, conveniently enough, right while he's in the middle of this interview. Well, and his, and his future uh, ex-girlfriend, because he's playing on a dumper, too. And that was at the 40-minute, 40 40-second 40 mark, I noticed. Um, right, and, and, and it's, it's made clear that he kind of pushed her into it or pressured her into doing it. Um, and so that obviously is a hot-button political issue. And so the idea, I'm sure, again, that some people did not like the way that was portrayed as a murder was is going to alienate some people. But again, this is a demon trying to provoke, uh, provoke someone into... Uh, into getting himself executed. And, of course, the final thing is getting him to uh, so furious and so angry at the guy that he signs off on the death warrant. Right. No, but the scene where he starts telling him all about his girlfriend, I I really enjoyed that scene because the look on the the psychiatrist's face, he, he did a really good job of just... Like being awestruck, what? How could he possibly know this? Um, and uh, I also enjoyed the. Um, I mean, I was I was kind of criticizing a little bit of overacting earlier from uh, Sean Patrick Flannery, um, but I enjoyed the overacting in the moment where he was actually um, kind of run, doing running commentary on the abortion while it was happening elsewhere. Um, it was a little over the top, but man, it was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And all hell rejoices. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah that, that was. Well, I mean, just just the whole thing where he's like, "What, what, what's she up to? What, what's she up to? How about right now?" Mm-hmm. You know, and he's even trying to give her like uh, relationship advice, and he's like telling him to do something that. Is, is essentially goes against what a demon would say. You know, says so you go and you tell her you love her and all that, but he knows he's not. But the the demon knows that the psychologist, not, the psychiatrist, is not going to. And I think that's part of for him the fun of doing all of this. And then you know they go back and he talks about uh, Molech, the the old god Molech. Where I mean, and this they did do this is where I mean they would put babies on. You know the hands of this uh, this statue, and then it would you know fall into the fire. And yeah, there were drums to drown out the screaming. And so he's just saying, hey, you know, it's just the same as today as it was then. And it's really getting the doc- the, the psycho- psychiatrist really really angry with him. Yeah, I, I actually, um, what, no matter what your belief is on on uh, abortion, um, I I think that. The, so there's, you know, half the population will, will say, oh, my God, this guy's evil for one reason. The other half will say, uh, no, this is right. Um, but the, the part that that everybody, I think, can agree, no matter where you fall on the political spectrum on, on the abortion issue, is that this guy was forcing his girlfriend to have the abortion, and he wasn't and there he was to help her. And, well, that's the third thing was to say. And the second one was, and he didn't bother to even be there to support her during the abortion. And then the third thing is, is he was planning to immediately dump her after abortion uh, anyway. Um, so this guy is, is kind of a, a scummy guy, uh, This, even though at first we didn't think he was. Um, and I think everybody would agree that he's a scummy guy for those three things, whether or not you, you – whatever side yeah. you follow. 
abortions. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah, using I, the abortion so he can get out of having to worry about her because he wants yes. to get rid of her anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It, the whole thing's kind of run. It's dirty. And, and it's and, and it's not a 50-50 thing. So if you look at the, the statistics and the, the polls and the surveys, there's about 10 percent of yeah, what I'm saying there's about 10% of the country that believes that abortion is like is is, is vehemently pro-life. About 10% that's vehemently pro-choice, and then you get a wide swath that are in the middle of their life. Okay, I, I didn't that, 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 that are, but, but we're not here to have a little dollar argument. No, 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 no I'm not arguing that. What I'm saying is, uh, again, for the people who, who who are, it's whether you think it should be legal or not. Very few people think it's a good thing, um, or or sure, thing sure. silly. So so it's sure. so even. Wherever you stand on that, it still makes it tough. tough to right, watch. right, right. Even the people who who believe it should be a right for the individual hope they usually not all, but uh, uh, hope they they wouldn't have to ever do it. So right. it, th- those who say that, yeah, I would do it. It's a good thing. Uh, that's more anecdotal or or specifically. Uh, a political point they're trying to make, but or, or yeah, they're yeah, trying to yeah. be contrary and provocative more often. Yeah, than yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's actually a good point, Mike, that you brought that up. I, I thought you were going somewhere else, but yeah, that's a fair point. Um, now, uh, where where do we want to go next? So so yeah, so this is when we begin to because when it, the mother. Oh, the other thing about the mother was he euthanizes the mother, helps her, but there's a point which is she has like four million dollars and he gets to inherit it all. Yeah. So, <laughs> the demon throws that out too. It's like, ooh, so it may have not just been because he was feeling bad that she was dying of pain of cancer or dementia or or what else it, it could be. But well, you know, she's she's just there. We get rid of her. I get my four million dollars. Yeah, she's suffering. I'm going to help her out, and I'm going to get four million. Oh, I mean, the, the, now now for me, if, if this was on this, if this was a, I don't know, if this was a legal trial, I mean, the argument would be she's dying. He's probably not living long anyway. You're still going to inherit the $4 million. Unless they made some – made it clear that for some reason he wasn't going to be able to get that $4 million or that her being on medical support was eating through the money that she had. Um, I, I think that's kind of a weak argument because you're going to get it one way or another. You may have to wait a year or two or five. Well, well weak or not, it's still something the, for the demon to needle it. stung him. It stung him regardless because he has to wonder about his own motivations. You start questioning yourself when he starts getting all these little digs. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, even even if he was going to inherit the money anyway, and maybe it would have been two years later instead of yesterday or today, I should say. Um, it, 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 yeah, it, it makes it curious. As you said, Barrett, and well, not so many words. And I think there were there were two lines up until this point in the movie, which I which I really loved, um, coming from the demon, which is that at one point, uh, psychiatrist proclaims that he's not worried about the demon because he's an atheist. <laughs> oh, that was crazy! <laughs> you ignorant sack of meat! <laughs> Do you think what you believe makes a difference? Um, and uh, the other, the other great line I liked is uh, when he, uh, when the, the demon said something, and the psychiatrist was like, "I didn't realize this was a this was a fight." And the demon goes, "That's why you're losing." Yeah, I love that line too. That was great. Yeah, that was one of my favorite lines. The other one. Um, 
was when he's talking about she can do whatever she wants. It's her body. It's her life. And he goes, yes, that's my boy. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Because even if that's true and she's doing it for those reasons, it's not true because he's the one that forced her into doing it. You know, well, I didn't so, force and, her. And then he says, do right, it he will, and will be the whole of the law. And when yeah. he said that, Dan was like, what? What? And, like, he, he like, looked it up during the movie. Uh, that's actually a quote from uh, Aleister Crowley. Mm, yes. Uh, but Yeah, I, it, it was a very, yeah, it's, I, before I was a Christian, I was in, I, I was getting into witchcraft. And that was a statement in some of my books. Now, um, that's an interesting quote, then, that they threw that in there, uh, winking a nod to uh, folks that know the stuff like you, Kevin. Um, Barrett, I, what I meant was, you're right, she still has her own decision and choice, but but he, you could argue that he was manipulating her, right? To, to oh, he was, definitely, he was definitely manipulating her because he already knew he was going to do it. Right. Now, um, let's see. So, so we got uh, – um, the, the point which you brought up, Eric, with the first quote, and I like that quote a lot too, which is it doesn't matter what your beliefs are, whether you believe there's no God or heaven or hell or devil or whatever, because it, does, it, it that's like, you know, let's assume it, it all exists. So let's pretend. Well, and, and, and Phil, that's, I was gonna say, that's kind of what I say when I make fun of you for saying things like there's no such thing as demons. I'm like, yeah. you don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, so let, let, let's assume they, they, all this exists let's, for the purpose. Let's, let's assume all this exists for the purposes of this film, whether you believe it in real life or not. The point is, if it does exist, and he says, "I'm an atheist," that's like us saying that you know that we we think two plus two equals one, which it doesn't. But he says it does, so it doesn't matter what you say because this is what's going to happen. So you can be an atheist all you want. It's still, you're, you're going to be judged when you die. Mm -hmm. So it it is interesting. And I love that line because it makes, uh, like it really puts the, a point on, on the, the whole aspect of, of this guy's belief system. And like, you know, you, he's just making a choice. He's not following the truth. And again, I'm saying the truth based off of what this movie is Mm -hmm. in this universe of this movie. Uh, yeah, and, and I think that's that's a perspective that I also think tends to rub some people the wrong way because there are some people who very much want to believe that uh, the world is the is something where you can write your own morality and you can have your own personal sense of what's right and wrong and that's all that matters. And, and this is a film that takes a standpoint of no, nope, that's not a ball that's in your court. Um, this is well, and and I, I kind of agree with that. Like my personal stance is that anybody who thinks they have all the answers is a fool. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well. Well. And even uh, religious folk who, who follow it correctly uh, will, will will say that you know I, I can't judge any of these people. I know what maybe sin is, but I'm not going to be the one that finally judges these people. You know, the day they face God, so you know. So, so you're absolutely right, Eric. No one, no one knows, and and those who claim they do know are, are just being ignorant in a sense. Whether they believe in all science mm-hmm. or all religion, you, you, no right. one knows the it whole does, story. It doesn't matter what you believe; you won't know for sure until you're dead, and you right. can't come back and. Die. You may never know, even when you are dead. So <laughs> right. it doesn't matter. Right, and it could all be assimilation. 
I'm convinced. <laughs> There's that too. Yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is Taylor Swift isn't real. None of it is. Oh my God. So why do you have to bring up the TS, Mike? God damn it. Well, yeah, he did it for me, so I don't have to do it later. <laughs> I, I have to do my, my one TS thing. Every no, day. no, you don't. But I, no, 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 you don't. No, I never brought her up ever again. I'll, I'll bring this one up, too, though, uh, because Mike brought up the Manchurian oh, candidate. Please, the, no. the original Manchuria candidate was was great because the, the enemy in that was the red Chinese that are going to nuke us all. So anyway, uh, there, I got my other one in. All right, so back to uh, Taylor Swift. What do we want to talk No, I'm just kidding. So uh, what do we want to talk about? By the about? way, Phil, just, I, I just want to throw this out here. Kevin made a very valid comment while we were in, in, in Connecticut, which is that if he brought up Jesus as much as you bring up Taylor Swift, he would have been kicked off the show by now. <laughs> I, I agree. That's pretty valid. I, I, I bring up Taylor Swift maybe one sentence, and that's it. Yeah, which is well, too well, much. She's every photo we, you've got on everything. I have to see her more than I see my wife. <laughs> when was the last time Taylor Swift? Uh, sorry, when was the last time Jesus had hit single though? That's what I want to know. Well, you know, that's his are still playing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so anyway, all right, no more. They didn't have good music back then. Yeah, no, no more Taylor Swift bashing. So uh, let's get back to the movie. Let's get back to the movie. Bashing? That was not bashing. We were stating truths. That was Phil bashing, not Taylor Swift bashing. Yeah, exactly. She's great. <laughs> so I understand why you wanted to stop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. Hey, 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 I'm gonna, I'm, let's, I'm, I'm turning on you, Barrett, because you made us watch bad things. You can turn on me all you want. It still doesn't match your Taylor Swift. And and and, and uh, Mike, you you made us watch Skinnerink. And, and Eric, you made me watch all those films that made me feel disgusting, which are very good films. They are very good films, but they still. <laughs> yeah, but once in a while, you got to pick one that you haven't seen before, so you know that you don't know that it's not going to be bad. That's oh, true. You pick only stuff fault, you've right? seen. You're always going to get the films that are good. Uh, actually, I, I don't need to feel disgusting. Uh, the Ghostland and the Innocence and that Danish film that uh, Speak No uh, Evil. Yeah, Speak No Evil. Yes. Oh, oh, and and uh, they were all good. That Taiwanese film. What was that one? With the zombie Taiwanese, where they raped everybody. What the heck was that one? Oh, uh, uh, the sadness. Yeah, that yeah. one was messed up. Yeah, yeah, they were all good. It was good. Yeah, they were all good films. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, um, <laughs> and I don't really blame Skinner Marink or, or bad things on anybody because I like going into my own mind anyway. Back to Nefarious. <laughs> yeah, back, yeah. To, back, back to a really good <laughs> film. From this. Yeah, let's, let's talk about a really good film. So um, let's see, where else do we want to go? Yeah, so so once the guy started picking out stuff about like the, the his girlfriend was at the clinic and all this other stuff, I would stop believing, I think. Yeah, because well – he is. I think he, his character is starting to believe at those points. Yes. The more it gets, the more intense it gets, the more he starts to believe. And I think his belief drops a little bit when he sees that big book at the end that the guy has compiled, but then he doesn't know how he got all that information compiled. And, yeah, so well, he, and he even says there's things in this book that I don't know. That I don't even know about. <laughs> yeah, no, it's awesome. That was right. Nice. Yeah. No, but I, my my personal favorite part of this movie is that when uh, the psychiatrist makes a snide comment about him uh, knowing knowing scripture, that demon's like, 
What are you talking about? Demons know more scripture than anybody else. Yeah. And he starts yeah, laying everything like, out for them. And I was just like, holy yeah, cow. Just, I, I, I know more theology than any man alive. Yeah. <laughs> the Shakespeare part was cool, too, when he's getting well, his hair cut. Well, I, uh, that was actually one scene I didn't – I thought didn't like that. that could have been taken out of the movie altogether. But huh. anywho, what I was trying to say is um, – the scene where he starts laying everything out about what the conflict is between the demons and God, and, but he doesn't call him a God ever. He calls him the creator or the enemy. Um, and he never refers to Satan by name. He refers to his master. And he never refers to Jesus by name. He calls him the carpenter, which I really liked. I thought that was an awesome touch. Yeah. Um, and when and, he starts oh, going don't through... The, don't forget the annoying fisherman. <laughs> the annoying fisherman. Yes. <laughs> So when he starts going through and laying out this whole plan for demons to sully God's most beloved humans, I was like, man, you know what? <laughs> uh, stuff is, is like, I don't know if anybody else has known this, but stuff is going south. Uh, like, Things are things are getting worse. Things are getting bad, and honestly, that makes about as much sense as anything else. So, like when he starts like laying all this out, I'm just like, "Ooh, this is kind of vicious." <laughs> it feels so real, right? It feels like what we're experiencing in the world today, right? And that's right. what makes it really powerful. Um, and what I found funny was when he talks about hate speech, and he's like, "Oh no, you humans came up with that on your own." Yeah, you, you impressed us with that. He says, you impressed us with that one. <laughs> also, the uh, the light bulb burst. So that was the first supernatural thing, I think. He was like, Real probably just coincidence, right, Doc? I still like, you're, you're, you're sick. That's the nicest thing you've said to me, James. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so basically, what's going on here is this Edward guy that's being going to ex- be executed. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, Phil. I just want to chime in here that I I actually laughed out loud when they said his full name the first time because his full name was Edward Wayne Brady, and I just pictured Wayne Brady from Who's Line in my head. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I don't get that reference because I've never seen it. I guess. Oh, Wayne Brady. Oh, he is he, he safe. Very talented comedian. Yes, yes, he is. He is a very talented awesome. comedian. He's he's one of those that he's an he can improv and he can improv very very well. But he does not look much like Sean Patrick Flannery. No, not in the <laughs> no, least. No. Yeah. <laughs> so so anyway, uh, this Edward so guy whitewashed him. This this Ed, right, I assume that's what they meant. Yeah. But uh, this Edward guy. Um, the split personality thing where the demon is forced Edward or, or, you know, had Edward think things would be good. And so Edward does it. And then finally he's owned by the demon and the demon possesses him. And he tortures Edmund Edward as much as he tortures everybody else. It seems. He doesn't even get a last yeah. meal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh the, the best was, was when he goes, call, call me doctor, doctor, or whatever the guy's last name is. He goes, I earned it. And he goes, well, then I'll only call you your uh, 
um, right. salutations, you know, to your title if you call me mine. And what's that? Lord, Prince of Darkness. <laughs> Something like that. And he goes, he goes well, I, I won't do that. He goes, well, then I won't call you. I, I'm just going to call you James then. So I, I thought that was awesome. Well, I mean, even talking about torture, I mean, he he elected to get the electric chair. You know? Well, and this is the comment that I held back on earlier, which is that when I was talking about it, it was a little over top when he switched to the, the human personality. Uh, maybe just being having your complete life ruined by demonic possession just breaks you. So it, I guess that's a possibility, but I thought – I thought oh, the human yeah. personality was a little whiny. I think for he's my totally case. broken at this point, and everything's right. been taken from him. And well, he could have low things, IQ as well. Yeah, yeah, even the little things he might get, like a last meal, are taken away from him. By oh, my God, that was so torturous. I mean, guy, it's, what it's, is the hamburger? Yeah, it was With awesome. the chocolate shake extra thick, that was, you can't get that <laughs> either. Yeah, like, and then the demon possesses him again and says, nope, I'm not hungry after all. And this, yeah. this, <laughs> After the movie was over, Dan turned to me and went, Man, that thing was the with the last meal is one of the cruelest things I've ever seen. Yeah, it is <laughs> so right. Well, and, and when he started crying because he wasn't getting the last meal, I, mm-hmm. I, I literally felt devastated because it was like really sad. And at that point, we we know he the, the he may have been a weak man or whatever, but we know he isn't the real murderer. It's the demon, you know. Right. So, so I felt bad for the guy because. He shouldn't have probably ever even been in jail because he, like he said earlier, when he was Edward, he says, "Yeah, I've done terrible things, you know, bad things. No, I, I've done things that I'm not proud of, which I think everybody here could say." So it was when the demon took him over that he did some really bad things, which included mm-hmm. murder and stuff. And, and well, and I thought it was really interesting when the demon went through what they had to do to tempt him and take him over. Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Apparently. Well, and and I also thought it was interesting that the demon seems to have um, long term planning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. he's doing all this with uh, Ed, Edward Wayne Brady, and at the same time, he was gathering all that information on James because uh, he's got that whole book from when he was a kid, right? Yeah, um, yeah. 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 Many years of yeah, information I mean, that he just gathered on him. Their plan is basically a new antichrist right i mean kind of and he knew that he was going to come into play later um so i i thought that was really interesting the the way the demon kind of like that doesn't just have like the one thing he's he's not just possessing Ed, edward wayne brady he's also learning about the doctor uh you know messing with that other dude and and, and like he he's got a, a he's juggling a bunch of things and i thought that was kind of interesting well it was almost like he was doing all that stuff for Edward Wayne, Edward Wayne Brady just for that time with the psychologist mm-hmm. to get the psychologist to, to uh, publish well, his book. I think, I think he's actually a psychiatrist. A full psychiatrist, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that, that's my – my point is is that the demon nefarious did all that stuff with, with the guy, with Edward Wayne Brady, just so he can have the interview – with James, the psychiatrist, right? So that James, the psychiatrist, can publish the the book that he's already written, and he actually put it in James's name, and it was more or less his kind of his declaration manifesto to 
get everybody to, you know, it'll be a big seller and uh, what was it, a big seller and make people like reject God once and for all type. That well, was, and, I, mean, and I almost felt like he actually wrote it. I, I'm sorry, I need to I need to ask this immediately. Um, uh, let me ask you, Kevin, is the yeah. book, the published book that this was based on, the manifesto or is it the story? Uh, the manifesto. The, the really? book, Ooh, yes. Okay, the, I'd be the, okay, the book. Actually, no. It's it's not the manifesto. It's it's kind it's kind of like a manifesto where it's um, the demon proclaiming, "This is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it." And you're a bunch of idiots if you're gonna if you think you can resist. You know. Oh, so, like, oh, oh, you, so the book. So the book that by Steve Deuce or Deuce. Isn't this movie? It's actually no. Oh, interesting. All right, continue. Sorry. No, because I mean, at the end, I mean, since we're spoiling, you know, when he's interviewing with Glenn Beck and he holds up the book, Nefarious Plot, that is the book. Okay, cool. That's the actual book, and so, and the thing is, is that this was all this was all inspired by C.S. Lewis's Screw Tape Letters. Okay. Okay, and the whole idea is that this is like a manifesto declaration. Um, saying, you know, I've done, you know, I'm doing this to your culture and you've let it happen. You know, I've, I mean, he, he, I mean, he goes political and he also, but he, you know, he, but then he also attacks like, oh yeah. And, and your idea of, of Christianity is Joel Osteen. Oh man, we're doing our jobs really well. <laughs> I mean, I'm. I mean, that's not the exact quote, but he does bring up Joel Osteen as like, yeah, and we got you listening to him. Oh right, boy, right. you're so stupid, you know, and you know things like that, and it's and so. Um, oh, that sounds like a different experience worth having reading the book. Yeah, so get yeah together, kind of make a whole. That's neat. Oh yeah, and I mean, I, I will admit that even I mean, I, I am you know conservative Christian, and even I thought, okay, this is getting a little too heavy handed, but. I was, but it was still. A, I still enjoyed the book. Um, but like I said, the, the the book is essentially what the doctor published in the end. So in gotcha. other words, Nefarious' okay. idea was to it's like almost like an anti-Bible, right? And he okay, was going to be possibly the Antichrist, right? Because yeah, or, they were yeah, offering him all this power that he gave up at the end. Right, right, and so right, and he nefarious, says, "You ain't no carpenter." Right. And, yeah. And he says, you know, this but the the nefarious plot it, it you know at the end of the movie at the end of the movie we see is like I said that is the book that Steve Dace wrote. Okay. Cool. Right. Cool. So I have a plot question. So he lets the demon in and it well, kind of surprised me. I felt like he was going to get taken over whether he wanted to or not cuz he let the demon in. The thing well, actually, I was about to bring that up, Barrett, because that was that was like a genius move on the part of Nefarious. Yeah. Yes. Which is that he it has was, him give him permission to inhabit him, and he doesn't yeah. do it right then. <laughs> right, and that's what Nefarious said. He's like, he says, "You gave me what I want." Uh huh. You know, you gave me what I want, so. So know, then later, like, when when the execution is happening, uh, yeah. James is there is witnessing it. And right before they throw the switch, uh, Nefarious asks him whether he's going to take his master's offer uh, to write the book. And he says no. So then Nefarious leaves 
Edward Ring Brady right before he gets executed, so he doesn't experience it. Um, and then after it's done, he inhabits James in in the viewing room, right. um, who then grabs the gun of the detective that's sitting next to him and tries to shoot himself. But he pulls the trigger three times, and it never fires. So I think I have the same question as you do, Barrett, which is, was that divine intervention? Yeah, I believe so, because because yeah, the, I think it was. Yeah, because because what happened was is that James said, "No, I'm not going to write your book. I'm not going to publish your book." And so it's one of those, well, you know, I killed I, I killed Edward Wayne Grace, uh, Edward Wayne Brady, so I might as well just kill you. You know, and they said that bullet had three the the striker fire three times. You know, the strike indentations three times mm-hmm. in that on that thing, and it didn't go off. And then we took it to the range, same gun, same ammunition. It went off, no problem. So right, they think it would. They so it does. It does sound like it was divine intervention. And then he rewrites the book, right, so that it sounds yeah, he re- bad, not good, or whatever. However, they intended. Well, he rewrote the book to make it how did the book now like. The the book that's actually out there, he made, pretty much he rewrote it to make it look like that, to make mm-hmm. it that way. In other words, hey, you know, I'm doing this, and you know, you're idiots because you're actually falling for it. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So he supposedly rewrites it uh, to stop people from falling for it. Mm-hmm. Right. He's pretty much giving a warning to the people. Hey, this is what the demons are doing. Wake up. Uh-huh. You know, and it's I, I don't know if you ever any of you ever read Screw Tape Letters. I've I've gone through it a few times, and it's and it's a letter, yeah, and it's a, it's a letter from a more experienced senior demon to a trainee, and it's essentially talking to the de- to the to the younger demon how to tempt and how to get him distracted and all that sort of thing. And, mm-hmm. and my, my favorite, yeah, because he's trying to tempt one particular person. Yeah. And I think my favorite is when he writes to the uncle and says, oh, no, I've screwed up. He's going to church now. I've lost him. <laughs> and the uncle just replies, no, 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 you have him just where you want him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now start having him notice how he sings his hymns a little louder than everyone and how his outfit is a little nicer than everybody else around him. And he starts, like, talking about... You know how you now feed into his ego and his pride now that he's going to church. Um, yeah, I, I, and then, I thought that was nice. Yeah, and then he also talks about you know getting into you know arguing people over politics and uh, you know and and letting politics get in the way of your faith, uh, letting politics getting get in the way of the faith and uh, all that sort of thing. I mean, my favorite is is the last is the last chapter in the book, not the screw tape proposes a toast, but. Uh, when the client dies, you know, and um, it, and if I don't know if you ever know, if you really want a good listen on screw tape letters, John Cleese from Monty Python reads <laughs> it. And if you, if it's it's on YouTube, I actually have it on CD. But John Cleese did a phenomenal job of near, of doing this book. I I mean it it's because the thing is, I've heard I've heard a couple different renditions of it. John Cleese puts emotion into it. And he, I, I, I'm just, it's it's a very, very good rendition of the, it's best rendition I've ever heard. 
for folks who are curious, uh, C.S. Lewis is the author of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and he was also a, a strong, staunch Christian, and he wrote a lot of good books. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was part yeah. of a writing group with Tolkien as well. Yeah, they were yeah. good buddies. They were like like close, really close friends. He actually dedicated the screwed tape letters to Tolkien. So if you're at the front, you know, it says dedicated to yeah. Yeah, J.R.R. Tolkien. What was, that, what was the movie that came out with Anthony Hopkins? Shadowlands. years Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got to see that. I've never seen that one. Yes, yeah, I remember yeah, I think so was a character in that as well. I have that who, on DVD, actually. Who Token was, yeah. How about that? Um, all right. So, anyway, back to back to yeah, the back to actually, this one, 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 one thing I also want to bring up is the scene with the priest. Oh yeah, that's now, awesome. there, there's one yeah. little thing. I, I, there's one little thing they tell you about in the in the commentary, uh, or like some of the interviews afterwards. It's an Easter egg that when the priest comes in, Sean Patrick Flannery, you don't see him do it, but he does it off camera. He scrunches the side, like his hair on the sides of his head to make him look like horns. He purposely did that. So when he stands up, he goes, no, get away from me. He had the little horns up there. <coughs> now, um, the, that was an interesting scene because it reminded me of the exorcist because um, Damien, before he really has the faith in the exorcist, he says to Ellen Bernst's character, he goes, um, you got to remember that back in the day we used to always think demon uh, – it was demon possessions or whatever, and then as as we became more and more educated, we find out of, about mental illness. And you know, a lot of people now, if they don't want to do mental illness, they they say it's aliens or something. So here, yeah, the, the priest says the same thing. He goes, you know, back in the day, you know, we, we've learned things that you know is, is mental illness. And so Edward, the demon, nefarious, is the name of the demon, it freaks out when the priest comes in. But then when the priest says that you're just sick or whatever, he calms down because he figures out that the priest is, isn't is really hugely faithful in the beliefs of, you know, demons and all that. All, he just says, oh, you know, these people are unfortunately mentally yeah. ill or sick or, or yeah. whatever. Again, he, he we're doing our job really well. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't believe in demons. He, he doesn't believe in... The priest doesn't believe in demons. He doesn't believe in any, you know, he just says it, it's all just mental illness. And uh, and it's also interesting. I, I don't know where I heard, uh, saw an interview somewhere that the scarf that the, that the priest was wearing was more of a Unitarian Universalist uh, scarf. Uh, I don't know if that means anything. I mean, well, I don't know why they... Yeah, that's weird. It doesn't make sense. Um, because, yeah, because they don't really say if he's a priest, right? I mean, we're just assuming he is. Because, well, he has the collar on and all that. That's true. He does have the collar. But they keep on they calling him chaplain uh, more than, than well, anything. So, Well, priests can be chaplains. I mean. Right, right, right. But but if you're a priest, you, they usually just call you a priest, right? Or father. They call you father. Yeah. You know, so. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think that that will get back to what I was saying. I think before you came on, which is that this is not a you know feel good, you know everybody in the pool, new agey kind of religion point of view. This is an old school religious point of view film. Yes. Um, well, yeah. the, the, so, the people who wrote the book were very. Were the, Steve Dacey is a, an old school religion type of guy. Yeah. Right. So, so the the yeah, so Unitarian is about 
as far um, away from that as, as you get. As you're going to get and still be religious, yeah. Um, yeah. So I just remember there's the, the joke in the early season of The Simpsons where they're playing the Flanders children are playing a video game and they have to go around and like shoot people and by shooting them they convert them to Christianity. <laughs> and, and, he, and he goes, and he goes, there's one. Oh, I only winged him. He's a Unitarian. Yeah, I remember, that. <laughs> I remember that now. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> I, I heard a um, I, I heard a, a political com, uh, a political comedian a guy named Mark Russell one time. He says he says yeah we had a we had a dinner where the the guy saying the blessing was a Unitarian priest. He says you always like the Unitarian priest. All they do is raise their hands up at the sky and say whatever. Let's eat. <laughs> I, 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 I think called ministers the, the Unitarians. I don't think. Well, minister. Yeah, minister. Pre, I, I mean, it was. It's just I was title. at. Whatever. I was in college when I saw him. So okay. So it, it was a few years ago. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. He just says yeah. He raises his hand to the sky and says whatever. Okay, let's eat. <laughs> but the uh, thing is, like with the, with the priest, and the, whatever the, the priest. Right, but the priest in the movie, you know, the, the the priest is pretty much saying, you know, there's no demons, and so the nefarious looks looks at him and says, "Oh, oh, okay. I guess I could have talked to you earlier. I'm not really afraid of you anymore. Do you need my help? <laughs> no, you can leave now. I don't need you." Right. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. So so this priest is more the Unitarian than 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 the the old school, I guess. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. Uh, how the priest. Uh, seemed like a threat but then wasn't and um again though it's enough to make us think there could be possession but it's not enough because he could just be a liar still too and and so we're well, even though we we already get the idea where it's going to go because it's a horror film um the point is is how are they going to co- convince the, the psychiatrist right well and actually it's, it's, it's not completely detached from reality either because a lot of the stuff that they used to blame on demonic possession, we now know is indeed mental illness. Yes, right. Right. Yep. right well, the, the the interesting thing is is that the and we were talking earlier about the the whole um, like what's your girlfriend doing? You know what what's she up doing now? That is right after James signed off saying you're crazy because he says you have sure signs of belief. You actually believe what you're talking about. And that's when the Farius pulls out the, oh, what you doing now? And that's when he's like, how did you know? And he, he pretty much put it away, like, he put the, the, the form away, like, okay, maybe we're not crazy after all. And so he's getting very, he, he, now after a while, it's almost like he's very interested in studying this guy. And because the, the, um, the the warden is saying, "Hey, look, you know, you, you, you gotta you gotta keep this going. I mean, you gotta you gotta wrap this up soon. You know, he just gives give me one more hour with them or with something like that." Yep. And as they said, yeah, he talks about theology and how you know they were all created, but you know, but he's like, "But we were slaves, you know, because all we could do was God's will, and that we didn't have any other choice, and so we we learned from our master that you know we had another choice, and that's why they rebelled and all that sort of thing." Right. Um, now, uh, where else do we want to go? What, what else we got uh, that people wanted to bring up? Uh, um, I did ask a question for you, Eric. So, so what did Dan th- think of this, and, and where does he come from? 
uh, from when it comes to theology and things of that nature. Oh, geez. I don't want to speak on behalf of him and his beliefs, um, but he yeah, enjoyed the movie. He liked the movie, though, a lot? Oh, yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, I will say he's done he's, – he's probably studied religion more than anybody I know, and, and not just Christianity – um, you know the Eastern religions and uh, Islam and all that. Um, just because he likes to, he likes to understand. You know, he, he likes to learn. Um, so he's read a whole bunch of that stuff. Um, and unfortunately for me, he likes to whip it out in the middle of conversations when I don't know what I'm talking uh, about. That sounds can, dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Only Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> <laughs> but he likes to he likes to pull it out when I'm not expecting it to just school me. Make it better. Um, well, you guys just need to be stop stop being fucking dicks. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'll stop talking now. Just just do our duty. Do duty. Oh dear. Um, so no, please, Eric, continue. I, I'm, I'm actually curious. Oh, you are? Oh, okay. All right. So um, now, uh, let's see. Uh, the scene, What did you guys think of the scene with the, um, the Barbara where he says, no one will miss you and all that? Again, though, he's talking mostly to the demon, and it seems like the demon must be the, the main I guess entity that that they see in the in the prison. Well, at I, first oh, yeah. the barber was asking, was basically saying, "You can be forgiven for anything." And then by the yeah. end, he's pissed the barber off, and the barber's like, "No one's going to miss you." Right. I, I didn't understand the purpose of that scene. I thought I thought it could have been cut out easily and not missed. Well, I think the whole thing was dragging out um, the torture of uh, the actual person, right? Yeah, uh, Edward. Yeah. And yeah, because I mean, they could very easily have done a very, very quick thing for the death penalty and the the electrocution, but they made sure they they dragged that whole thing out for what I'm guessing, in their opinion, was uh, maximum impact. And uh, it does make me question, like, where they were coming from on the the stand of the death penalty, if that was yet another political issue they were inserting in there, or whether they just want to show you. That this was the demon torturing this one particular individual. I, I think it was the demon torturing the individual. That's what it I was, thought. That's what I it, got it, out of it. Yeah. It was just making his life absolute misery right until the very end. Because right. I mean, I know, like, when I don't really know where mainline uh, Christianity is, whereas the death penalty comes in coming from a Catholic background, and Catholics tend to be. Uh, Generally against death penalty, even if individually that that varies quite a bit. Um, well, from from an even from an evangelical standpoint, it's it's mixed. Um, like say, for so me, that's like one of those places where it doesn't really line up well politically. Well, I mean, I mean, this is said from from an evangelical standpoint, you can point to spots in the Bible where there is a death penalty. But then you also point to the spots today saying, well, what if they're not guilty after all and we just killed an innocent person? Do you really want to Isn't the New Testament supposed to be the New Covenant so that the Old Testament really isn't as important anymore? 
Well, there's parts of it. They, they, uh, <laughs> that's that's where I I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, that's a different podcast altogether. And I'm not <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm and sorry. I don't want to torture. I don't want to torture you or our listeners with with all of that. Um, and the thing is, it it never really meant. I mean, the New Testament really never mentions it one one way or the other. It's it's more if there's anything, there's church discipline, but that's about it. It's um, you know, and then there's no death penalty in church discipline, thank God. Um, but, uh, well, there was that one, but God did that one, but that was Ananias and Sapphira, but that's a different story. Um, yeah, it's just, did anybody catch what the, did, does anybody know what the last, well, first he, he did he did do a couple quotes from the from the Bible itself, like when he talks about uh, the, the Latin, he says, I am legion for we are many. Um, that's from at least Matt, the book of Matthew. Uh, there is a demon possessed yeah. guy, and he was it's possessed. One of the four gospels, anyway. Yes, from the Gospel of Matthew, and actually, it was also in Luke, I think, and Mark, no, Mark and Luke. But it was, you know, he was possessed with a whole bunch of demons. Yes, and they all went to the pigs. But then at the end, uh, when he said, "Many, many tickled Farzin, did anybody catch that one? Because that's from that's from the Old Testament, actually. All right, what's that one? That's that's the hand. That's you've heard the the saying, the handwriting on the wall. That was the handwriting on the wall. Uh, essentially, it's you've been waiting. It's 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 a it was a big message, but long, what was that? You've been yes, found you've been wanting. waiting, found wanting. Yeah. In <laughs> other words, it, it the the first part, the many many part, is meaning your your time's up. Um, you, you've been waiting, found wanting, your time's up. The Farzan stuff is pretty much saying Persia's coming in and taking you over. But they didn't mention that bit but because it was kind of irrelevant to the whole thing. But, yeah, uh, that's why he I, – I, I'm not quite sure why he actually said that as his last words unless if that was something specifically to James or not. But uh, I don't know. That was just a kind of – that was kind of a weird way to to have him – Say that last word out of uh, Brady's mouth before he got extra. I thought he was saying that to all of humanity. I mean, oh, that's right, that's right. Thank you. Yes, that's right. That's what he was saying. You know, you've all been waiting, found wanting. Yeah, judgment's on you. And then we see Glenn Beck. And and the, the interesting thing is, despite all of that, he's still not a full-fledged believer. He's like, I, I don't know, I think so, but I'm not sure. And uh, he's not willing to commit completely, but he decided to write the book anyway. And at the end, he meets a meets a woman in the you know digging out of the trash and starts talking to him like nefarious and that's what he realizes oh crap he really is bouncing around in people <laughs> which leaves room for a part two I would totally watch a sequel to this I would too yeah, yeah me too yeah. Yeah, but but you know what it's going to stink not having uh, uh, the guy that played Edward back because his, yeah, his, but there are other good actors yeah, yeah you're right you're right and it could be anybody. Yeah, yeah, right. it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. 
Yeah, yeah, and they could go into more about what what the original uh, black gospel was was about, you know, because it kind of was reminding me they could have gone like where Seven, the movie Seven went with all that shit in that guy's apartment and and Mm -hmm. have a movie about the stuff that was in the apartment, in this case, the stuff that was in the, the prison cell. And, and what it means and deciphering yeah. codes and, and all that stuff. And you have a story where he's having conversations with the demon and the demon appears as uh, as the goat man. As goat man. As uh, Wayne Brady. Yeah. There, oh there yeah, is, you're right. You're right. Yeah. There, There is a sequel book. Um, I forgot what it's called. There's nefarious in it, but there is Deese, uh, De- I can't remember how to pronounce his name. Deese did say, I mean, there is a sequel. Uh, he wrote a second book, but and that's more of a of a story, and it's more of him like taking over government uh, and essentially becoming the Antichrist. Hmm. I mean, I I don't know the exact time. I don't know the whole plot or anything because I I never I just saw like snippets of the kind of like an over kind of the wiki for the book. Gotcha. So, so you haven't you haven't checked out the the other book yet? Is no, what you're no, not not yet, not yet. And I, I probably will. I'll probably get it on Audible too. It's just it's just a matter of time. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to look up uh, his bibliography, but I can't find it uh, quick enough to to find the name of that because I'd be curious to see what the name of it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Let's see. Uh, what else did we want to talk about? I'm good. Uh, Barrett, anything, anything else that was on your your list? I think we hit everything on my list. All right. Uh, what about you, Mike? I'm good. All right. Um, yeah, so A Nefarious Plot is the name of the book that it's about, right? Yes. Oh, and there's yes. a nefarious Carol. Yeah, that's the. Is that the sequel? Uh, let's see. Yeah, so it just it's the summary says time has finally come. Confident America has been conquered. Satan prepares to initiate the final stage of his master plan, but it requires a willing partner. Will she say yes? And on and on and on. So. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Um, all right. Yeah, but I guess it's me too. So uh, um, let's get into uh, what we've been watching. Uh, anything that anybody has seen or, or played uh, and that would interest our listeners. So let's start with you, Eric. Uh, Diablo, I assume, and anything else? And no. what's no. What's going on with – oh, and Madden too, right? Madden? Madden, yeah. Like, nothing I've been doing is appropriate to talk about on this podcast because it's all football stuff. Okay, fair enough. Um, and we got a football draft in a couple of days. Yes. Yep, yep. Uh, I was all ready to go last Sunday, and I was like, oh, it's next Sunday. You were. I stared at your text, and for a minute I was like, wait, what? Did I? I said, drafting soon. <laughs> like, Excuse me for a second. <laughs> yes, I, I, I said, oh, shit, it's next week. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yep, all the fantasy football drafts. Uh, all right, so let's go with you, Bear. What have you been watching? Uh, and Diablo too, right? Yeah, uh, I'm still watching Ahsoka. Um, enjoying that. Um, and yeah, Diablo is probably pretty much everything else. 
Right, right, right. Uh, oh, uh, One Piece just came out on Netflix, uh, the series, so uh, we're, we're, we'll, we'll be uh, talking about that uh, in a future podcast. Um, let's see. Uh, for me, um, yeah, I have nothing really. Yeah, the same. I, I haven't even played Diablo the past couple of days. I've been uh, reading, reading about Bernie Madoff, uh, really into all that fiasco stuff from 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, so that's it for me. Uh, what about you, Kevin? What do you got? Um, I haven't really been playing any games recently. I've been really, really busy, actually. I've been uh, taking a lot of time to train for a half marathon in, for October 1st. So it's uh, pretty much it's get up, work, run, dinner, bed. Uh, so... Yeah, my life's been kind of boring. <laughs> All right. And, uh, Mike, anything for you? Uh, I just finished watching um, uh, Justified City of Evil. It's sort of a very belated seventh season of Justified. And the way oh, that is that it, worth checking out? I, I, Don't I, I talk about the finale. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> no, I was, saying, but all, all I was going to say is that the finale definitely sets it up to have another season. Uh, and I'll leave it at that. Um, so I'm sure they were there. That's a, they're waiting to see how well this this did. Uh, however, it is that you evaluate how TV shows do nowadays. Yeah. Um, and I, that's the main thing I've watched this week. Uh, I saw Blue Beetle in theaters, which which made me one of four people, I think. And it was fine, but it was another. It was kind of a a lot of what you've seen before with a uh, thick loss of of Hispanic uh, on it, and that's about it. Uh, that's like the one thing, oh, we'll make this family Hispanic this time, and that'll make it different from every other superhero film that came out. And it's like, well, no, not not really. Um, but uh, it, it, was, it was fine. I just, it's If it's a thing that you're into, you know, catch it when it's on uh, Netflix or uh, Warner Brothers or what have you. Hey, that was fine. Uh, I think that was it. All right, sounds good. Um, all right, so I guess we can uh, get into our final thoughts on this film here. But before we do, uh, Eric, me, you, and Mike do another podcast? Uh, yes, we do. Oh man, you threw you did this all out of order. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, we did. I we do another podcast called. Uh, instead of a la carte, where we discuss movies that aren't really, uh, don't really fit under the dark discussions umbrella. Uh, and we just take turns picking movies that we want to talk about. And we do that over there. So we, uh, talk about a wide variety of movies from Flash Gordon to, uh, Inside Out to Hostiles to, uh, A History of Violence, uh, all sorts of stuff. So, uh, check us out over there. And Eric, you actually do another podcast with your buddy Dan. I, I, you're letting Mike off the hook tonight. Uh, I do. Uh, it's a general interest podcast called the Scancy Podcast. It's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it wherever you get podcasts. Indeed. And, and Mike, uh, me, you, Barrett, Kevin, and uh, various other folks, Sean and, and Amy, did a, a podcast. What's that podcast called? And, and we were doing some uh, superhero stuff. What's that? I believe that was uh, Halloween Boot. Psychotronic reviews. Uh, because of a joke, we decided to go back and review 
uh, Peacemaker, uh, the Sean Gunn HBO Max series. And if we were doing that, well, we figured we should go see the uh, cover of the movie that that uh, inspired it, which was uh, The Suicide Squad, uh, also by James Gunn. And uh, so we just did an episode on that. Highly recommended uh, both the episode and the, the film. So wherever your, your best podcasts are sold. Did you guys ever go back and rewatch this tan? Because I'm not sure it was that bad. Oh, <laughs> rewatch it to know it was that bad. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, other side podcasts about TV shows, uh, uh, unnamed podcast at the moment, myself, you, Kevin, you, Barrett, and Sean Fox. Barrett, what, what, what is that podcast going to be all about? Are you an unnamed podcast? Oh, yes. We're going to be watching a an anime turned live action um, called One Piece. I know nothing about the show or the anime. Nerds. Um, <laughs> But I'm looking forward to, to watching it and seeing how it is. There are a lot of articles out there about it right now. Indeed, indeed, yeah. That, Obviously, uh, very popular. Just yeah, yeah. The manga about it. The manga and anime have been going on for years, and uh, so we'll um, uh, a lot of the most breakout characters won't even be in this this season, to be honest. But I don't even think Boa Hancock's going to be there. But either way, um, uh, there'll be a Tuesday recordings. I think it's Tuesday recordings. Uh, is that right, Kevin? Is it Tuesday recordings? Do we agree with? Yeah, I think it's uh, Tuesday at nine, right? Yeah. Is that, is that it? Yeah. So Tuesdays, and uh, it'll be coming out or, on Wednesdays. What's that? Or eight thirty? Or I think it's eight thirty. Yeah, yeah, that's when. That's when my. That's when my previous thing. I do a Bible study on from six thirty to seven thirty my time. So it's I. I either jump in late or something. I don't remember what. Right, right. So, so yeah. So maybe we'll make it seven, eight forty-five or something. But either way, we're going to be recording it uh, on Tuesdays. It'll be released on Wednesday. So look out for that. Uh, the, the name of the podcast hasn't been determined yet. Um, so uh, let's get into our final thoughts on this movie here. So Eric, what do we got for Nefarious? Uh, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Uh, it is a strong contender for my end of the year list, and I would encourage everybody to. Ignore the negative reviews and check it out anyway. All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, uh, yeah, this is a really great film. This is possibly the best horror film of the year. If not, it'll be a top five for sure. Um, uh, hidden gem, complete surprise. Uh, it was gripping. I was worried for a little bit when Eric said before that, oh, you know, it's, it's two people in a room, just, just a heads up. And yet that, that, actually made it even more compelling. It was, it was that good. So a big thumbs up and a high recommend for anybody who likes horror films, especially psychological horror films. Uh, let's go with you, Kevin. Yeah, um, I really, really like this movie. I, I heard about it um, back you know earlier this year when it was being released, and so I made sure to see this movie in the theaters, and I actually pre-ordered it on Amazon. I was, I was hot to tried to get this thing uh you know get this thing on blu-ray and i was i mean when i was in when i saw a lot of you in um in mystic i was talking about this movie like oh you got to see this movie you got to see this movie this movie's awesome you know so um yeah so i would i, I don't know if i call it horror but i would definitely call it a dark drama um because i i just didn't see it as I, I mean, with all, all the horror that we've watched, I, I, this seemed more like a dark drama to me. But um, 
yeah, if you want to call it horror, I'm I'm, I'm not going to argue with it. But uh, yeah, I I really like this movie. This is probably my favorite movie of the year, um, and I and it's it's also for me it's kind of interesting just because it's it is technic. I mean, you can argue that this is a Christian movie because it's based off you know people who made this were Christian, um, you know, from a Christian point of view and everything like that and. Um, this is kind of an interesting year for that because there was another Christian, pretty much Christian-made movie uh, about uh, child uh, child slavery and child trafficking, and you know, and that was doing pretty well for um, not being advertised or prop, you know, promoted or anything like that. So I think that's also another hidden gem. But yeah, this one, I'm glad that people who have been watching it have been very impressed with it. I, I think it's just because of the Christian bent to this movie, people um, are giving it the thumbs down, but whether or not you that way or not, the acting is fantastic. You can't, you can't, you can't say no to that. Okay. Sounds good. And uh, Barrett, what do you got? Yeah, I love this movie. I thought it was really, really good. It's the second uh, small cast movie we've seen this year. That was just phenomenal. Um, so where it's just like two or three people talking. What was, <laughs> um, what was the other one, Barrett? Uh, Artifice Girl? Artifice Girl, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and this just is such a great movie. There's great acting in it, and it's just really well-told story and well worth seeing. All right. And uh, Mike, what do you got? Yeah, I like it. Um, I, I maybe, maybe it's me. I mean, I like I said, I picked up a lot of the – the, the lack of better term, the, the political dog whistles that are in this, but I don't see it necessarily as any more. If you're not coming from a specific background uh, and, and not overly hostile or overly pro-Christian either, I think it's not going to read as being any different than a movie like uh, Possession or The Exorcist, you know, if you for some reason think The Exorcist was dogmatically pro-Catholic or something. I don't know. Um, I, and I think that a movie like this works because you're not filming a two-character film unless you have a decent script in place. And I think they have a good script. I think they do a really good job of ratcheting the tension in the relationship between our two lead characters. Uh, and, and I would definitely recommend it. Uh, although, again, hopefully you know at this point whether you're someone who can leave uh, the politics behind. All right, sounds good. Um, all right, so uh, once again, the movie is called Nefarious. Uh, came out uh, earlier this year. It is uh, available pretty much wherever films can be found, VOD as well as Blu-ray, uh, maybe even DVD. I'm not even sure. Um, the film uh, was April 14th was the theatrical release date. The film is directed by Chuck Consumo and Carrie Solomon, um, and it's based uh, on uh, the book by Steve Deese, uh, written also by uh, Konzelman and Solomon. Uh, and, yeah, so if you uh, think uh, you like what you heard, uh, check it out. And with all that stated, Eric, why don't you hear this out? All right, thanks for tuning in. Let's, let's talk about Nefarious. Come back next week. We'll have another topic. 